what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. It seems like in this day and age in which we live, we don't, we don't have as much salt in the church as we used to have. Much of the salt in the church today, we think it's salt, but it's really sugar. And I said, there's too much sugar in the church where preachers are sugarcoating everything and won't just shell it down and tell it like it is. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles, turn with me please to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And we're going to deal with verse 13 a little bit today. Matthew 5 and verse 13. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. And I want to use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes, salt life. Salt life. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for His help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank You for every person that's under the sound of my voice today. Lord, wherever they may be, however they may be getting this message, Lord, we ask for your anointing today to rest upon the people, Lord, that they might hear your word. And Lord, I ask for your anointing today to rightly divide this word of truth and to bring it before the people, Lord, that we all might be drawn a little bit closer to you is my prayer today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. We've all heard the saying, Salt life. Well, maybe you've been riding down the road and you've seen the little bumper sticker on a car that says salt life. I guess it means that someone really likes going to the beach. Or they like fishing at the coast. Or they just like the things down there in that particular area and they enjoy the salt life. I I assume that's what it means. I'm driving down the road the other day and I see... One of those bumper stickers said, plant life. And I'm thinking in my mind, well, they must work in a factory somewhere. And then I thought a little more, and I said, well, maybe they're a farmer. And we were close to a nursery right at the road, about a mile from the road there, and I said, I bet they like flowers, plant life. I bet, I bet they're going to pull in this nursery up here, sure as the world. And all of a sudden, they hit the brakes and pulled into a funeral home. Plant life. Didn't see that one coming. But anyway, <laughs> you know what they say about the funeral home business. They're the last ones to let you down. But anyway, anyway, salt has many good characteristics. 
And the Lord used it to portray some spiritual truths. He said, you, speaking to the disciples and all who would ever follow Christ, he said, you are the salt of the earth. What did he mean by that? Then he went on to say, if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It's good for nothing but to be trodden underfoot of men. What did he mean by that? We want to take a look at the characteristics of salt today, and perhaps maybe we can come to a better understanding as what the Lord considers to be salt life. First of all, let me begin by saying that salt has value. Now, you and I don't think much of it today. We go to the grocery store and we can buy any kind of salt you want. You can buy rock salt, you can buy uh, table salt, uh, the list goes on and, and on, Epsom salt. There's plenty of salt in the store and we don't think nothing of it, but salt has value. Back in ancient times, salt was hard to come by. Wars were even fought over salt. Roman soldiers were paid with salt. If you were a lousy soldier, you were considered to be not worth your salt. See, that's where that old saying comes from. You ain't worth their salt. And we have the words today, salary and sale, that derived or came from the word salt. 1 Peter 1 verse 18 says, You were not redeemed with corruptible things, such as silver and gold, from your vain conversation or lifestyle, received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot. You and I have value to God, and God literally bankrupt heaven for you and I. Salt has value. Salt has to be mined. Now, a lot of the salt comes from the sea, but salt also comes from mines, salt mines. Back in ancient times, prior to this day and age which we have heavy equipment and so forth. Salt had to be gotten out by hands, and most of the time they used uh, slaves or prisoners. If you were a prisoner and the judge condemned you to a salt mine, it was a death sentence. Because, I don't know, imagine, if you will, having to go deep down into a cave that is filled with salt dust. Dehydration quickly sets in. Constantly coming in contact with the salt. Now, how many of you know too much salt's bad for you? Okay, alright. So, coming in constant contact with the salt causes people to live short lives. These people suffered who had to go in there and dig out the salt by hand. Let me tell you, the Lord suffered a lot to mine you and I out of this world. 
The Lord left the portals of glory, came down into this world, became a servant to mine you and I out of this world. Let me tell you something, friend. The Lord had to reach way down for me. The old song says, when he reached down his hand for me, he had to reach way down for me. I was lost and undone without God or his son. When he reached down his hand for me. There are many different grades of salt, but in order for salt to be a food grade for human consumption, it has to be refined, which means all the impurities and the moisture has to be gotten out of it, and it goes through a process and, and, and there's a lot of pressure involved, and there's a lot of heat involved to get the impurities out. And I said all that to say this. You and I, if we're going to be fit for human consumption, okay, if we're going to be fit to be used in the lives of other people, then we have to be refined. And God's refining process is called sanctification, Sanctification, it's a word that's not used in the church much nowadays. Dana, put it up on the screen, John 17, verse 17. Jesus praying said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I also Send them into the world. See, you and I have been sent into the world just like Christ was sent into the world. And if a food is bitter and bland, you've got to mingle the salt with it. Mix it in with it to make it taste a little better. You and I have been sent into the world to make it taste a little bit better. That's why the Lord has sent us into the world, and for their sakes I sanctify myself. Jesus set himself apart, lived a perfect life, died on Calvary's cross for you and I. He sanctified himself that we might be sanctified through the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If the sanctification process is going to occur in your life, look at your neighbor and say, you need to be refined. You need to be sanctified. you got to go through this process. And so what happens? You put your faith in Christ, who he is, and what he did at Calvary's cross. When you do that, the refining power of the Holy Spirit will work within your heart and life and make you into what you ought to be. And the reading and the study of God's word... We're sanctified by the truth. Thy word is truth. But now when you read this word and you get it here, God's going to give you an opportunity to move it from here down to your feet. It's one thing to get it up here in your head. It's another thing when it comes out your hands and out your feet. So the Lord will arrange certain situations and circumstances to where you can use what you've put up here. And you're going to find that there's a lot of pressure involved and there's a lot of heat involved. Brother James, I don't understand that ever since I got saved, I'm just having a time. Yeah, God's refining you. 
He's getting some of the impurities out of you and that moisture of the world. He's trying to remove all of that and get it out of you. Let me move on. Salt is white. Now, one little grain of salt, when you look at it, you can't tell it, but you get a bunch of it together against a dark background, it's white. That whiteness of the salt represents purity and holiness. Holiness. Well, Brother James, that's a denomination. No, it ain't. Holiness is something for all of God's people. The Bible says, 1 Peter 2, verse 9, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his glorious light. How white is your salt today? Salt flavors bitterness. Dana cooked some rice, had some gravy. Got it on my plate, took a bite of it. I'm sorry, honey, it wasn't the best in the world. You put a little salt on there, it changed the whole flavor of it where I was able to eat it. There's just some things when you eat it, it's bitter. Don't taste good. And there's a lot of things out here in this world that's bitter, and there are situations and things that folks is going through, and it's a bitter situation. God wants to use you as the salt to change the flavor of what they're going through to where it's tolerable. Are you being used of God to change the bitterness in someone else's life? Dana, put this up on the screen. Colossians 4 and verse 6. He said, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Sometimes, when people are going through situations, and they're looking for answers, Sometimes the answer for which they seek is not what they want to hear. The answer to them will be bitter because they don't want to hear it. See, that's why you should season your words, season your speech with the salt of God's word. So what, what, what do you mean, James? What are you getting at? I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to tell you this, the bitter situations of life, the answer to it is Jesus Christ. Point others to Jesus Christ, who he is and what he did at Calvary's cross, because what he did there is what can change their bitter situation, whatever it may be. Salt melts ice. Here just a few months ago, there were salt trucks on the road putting that stuff out all over the road because there was some inclement weather coming and they were talking about snow and ice and all this kind of stuff. Salt lowers the freezing point of water. It can drop it down from 32 degrees down to 20 degrees which means it won't stick to the road. So they've learned if they coat the roads then the, the stuff won't 
stick. The more salt and stuff they put on the road, they can lower the freezing point of water from 32 degrees right on down to 2 degrees. So the more salt you add, it lowers that freezing point. There are a lot of icy situations in our nation today. What are you talking about? I'm talking about anger, racism, unforgiveness, prejudice. All of these are things that need to be melted in our society today. But these types of things are on the increase. Saw it just this week. Somebody got mad in traffic, got out of the car, and man, just had a knockdown drag out. Well, what's up with folks? Need more salt. It seems like in this day and age in which we live, we don't, we don't have as much salt in the church as we used to have. Much of the salt in the church today, we think it's salt, but it's really sugar. Come on, somebody. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. I said there's too much sugar in the church where preachers are sugarcoating everything and won't just shell it down and tell it like it is. The things that are going on in our country today, we need salt. We need more Christians with salt in them. Jesus said, have salt in yourselves. But as the salt decreases, these issues and things accumulate more and more in our society. God help us today. Salt creates a thirst. I made a big mistake the other morning. Got up and eat a piece of ham. <laughs> I'm talking about country ham. Country ham biscuits. Amen. Well, that's fine if you're going to sit in the house and got your ice water sitting there and you're going to work on your computer all day. That's fine. But I had to go outside and work in this 90-degree weather. I thought I never would drink enough water. The so salt creates a thirst. And you as a child of God, if you're the salt you ought to be, you ought to be creating a thirst for Christ in the lives of other people. Are you creating a thirst within the hearts and lives of those that you're coming around? All right, let me move on. Running out of time. Salt can also be used as a disinfectant, and it has healing properties. In the Old Testament, Ezekiel 16:4, we see where newborn babies were washed in salt. Today, we have what's known as saline solution, which is used to wash out wounds and that sort of you would know more about this than I do. But saline solution, it's a mixture of salt and water. You are the salt, Christian. And you need the water of the Holy Spirit when you mix the two. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? When you mix the two, you become a spiritual saline solution that can help other people be healed. You, what do you say? I'm trying to tell you that you sitting here, those of you listening by radio today, you are God's healing solution to the broken home. You are the healing solution to that alcoholic, that drug addict, that homosexual, whomever they may be. God wants to use you as a healing, spiritual saline solution. You're the salt. Be mixed with the Holy Spirit. 
Oh, and let me tell you something else, too, if you don't know it. Salt stings a little bit when it gets in an open wound. Mmm. Stings. Your very presence around others, it ought to sting them a little bit. Why? Because they have the wounds of sin in their life. I remember about years ago when I started out doing maintenance work at a particular factory. My boss man found out that I was a Christian. Oh, good grace and mercy. He gave me the dirtiest jobs. I mean, it was just awful. If there was an oil line that busted, guess who got to go mop it up? Crawling under machines. There weren't many days that I didn't come home filthy. That's because he knew I was a Christian and just my very presence got up under his skin and he made me do the dirtiest jobs. He, what was he trying to do? He was trying to get rid of me. And that's a sure sign that you as a Christian are worth your salt because you get under other people's skin and it stings that open wound of sin that's in their lives. Salt is a preservative. It stops decay. In Leviticus chapter 2 and verse 13, the Bible tells us that all of the offerings that went up to God was to be seasoned with salt. Why? Because it slowed down the decaying process. In Jesus' day, when the disciples would catch the fish, they would salt the fish down because they didn't have a Yeti cooler. They didn't have ice machines. They didn't know what a freezer was. So they would salt down the fish so that it would last longer in that hot sun, that hot environment. God has used you and I as salt in this world to slow down the decay. You and I, the Christian, we're the only thing that's stopping utter chaos and destruction in the world. You and I, are you doing your part? The Bible tells us, 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 6, Now you know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth or hinders will let or hinder, that's speaking of the church, until he be taken out of the way, that's the church. Then shall that wicked be revealed, that's the Antichrist. When the church is taken out, that's God removing the salt from this world. That's when the Antichrist will come on the scene. You and I are the salt of the earth. Then Jesus went on to say, he said, If it's lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It's good for nothing but to be cast under the foot of men. Contaminated salt... When, when salt is mixed with the soil, it'll kill the grass and everything else around it. About years ago, when Dana and I got married, she made some potatoes. Cut them things up, put them in the pot, they were boiling. All I was looking forward to eating them taters with my pork chop biscuit. She fell down with the salt box. I couldn't eat them taters. They were just too salty. She couldn't either. 
So what did I do? I took them outside and throwed them in the yard. We got a dog pen there now. Went out there the other day to feed the dog, and there's still a brown spot right there. Throwed them taters out 25 years ago, and that spot is still brown where I throwed them taters. Them some salty taters. But a contaminated salt will kill everything around it. And if you allow yourself to be contaminated with the things of this world, you will be of no good. You will do more destruction than you will good. Jesus asked a question in this now. He said, wherewith shall it be salted? In the natural, it's impossible. If salt gets mixed with sand, there ain't no way you can sit there and separate all them little grains out. There's no way you can do it. But God can. Glory to God. I said, God can. If you're sitting here today, if you're under the sound of my voice today, and you look at your situation, and you say, Brother James, I'm a contaminated salt. I don't know how I can become the salty Christian I ought to be. Go to the Lord Jesus Christ. He knows what to do. He knows how to mine you out of that situation. He knows how to refine you and get you to a point to where you're fit for human consumption salt life what is your salt life today program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (music) 